What's wrong, Oscar? Something wrong with this system, that's what's wrong. I don't think that two single men living alone in a big eight-room apartment should have a cleaner house than my mother. Starring Jack Lemmon. A hypochondriac. A fuss budget. Neater than neat. Cleaner than clean. No wonder his wife kicked him out. Stop that, will you? What are you doing? I'm trying to clear up my ears. Did it open up? I think I strained my throat. Walter Matthau. Another guy whose wife left him. And his pad looks like she left it a long time ago. Who wants food? What do you got? I got uh, brown sandwiches and uh, green sandwiches. Which one do you want? What's the green? See, the very new cheese or very old meat. I'll take the brown. Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau, who try to enjoy all possible delights of a shared bachelor apartment. Yeah, oh, yes, uh, bowling. Bowling is a wonderful exercise, Felix, but uh, that's, that's not the kind of relaxation I had in mind. I mean, the night was made for other things. Like what? Like, unless I get to touch something soft, in the next two weeks, I'm in big trouble. They're together, bringing to all America the laughter of Neil Simon's Broadway smash hit. <laughs> oh, this is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and ever so much cooler than our place. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, it's like equatorial Africa on our side of the building. Well, last night it was so bad, Gwen and I sat there in nature's own, cooling ourselves in front of the open fridge. Can you imagine such a thing? Well, I'm working at it. <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance to talk last night. I beg you to come upstairs with me. If you want to live here, I don't want to see you, I don't want to hear you, I don't want to smell your cooking. Now, kindly remove that spaghetti from my poker tape. It's not spaghetti. It's linguine. <laughs> now it's garbage. Come on! Take that out! Idiot! Just take a tranquilizer. Go to your room. This is Waffle On Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Eddings. And I'm MC Kelly. And on this episode, Kel, what are we talking about? The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple, the film, we should point yes, out, the classic the film. Um, but before we get on with that, Kel, would you like me to read you some new iTunes out? iTunes out and iTunes reviews out. Not iTunes, I mean, we'll be here all day if I have to read the entire iTunes catalog. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It all depends what you're going to read. If you said, I'm going to kill that cow. Okay. I'm going to hunt him down and hang him in a tree. That, that, that loud bastard. I don't want to hear that. Uh, that. We've got some iTunes reviews. Uh, this is from the UK store. 
and I'll just read these out. Um, apologies for a start. I might as well say sorry. I've got a cold again. What, uh, you? You? Unwell? With your <laughs> reputation. So if I am sounding uh, a little bit different than what I normally do, I do apologise. Uh, okay, so this one is from uh, Gavin Mauritius. And he says, I found this brilliant podcast completely by accident. And having quickly listened to four selected shows, this is now one of my favourite podcasts. Check out the Rent-A-Ghost podcast. And only fools and horses shows. Chosen shows are analysed fully with lots of humour and great facts too. The Brummy presenters are wonderful too. Fully deserved of five stars. The podcast should win awards. And of course, we did. <laughs> nearly, nearly <laughs> win, yeah. win an award. Okay, this next one is by Tangerine, Tangerine Sedge. Do you reckon he's a fan of Tangerine Dream? I hope so. It could well be. He gives us five stars and this his title is well worth a listen. I've been listening to the podcast for the last few years and I always look forward to the next edition. The Waffle On format covers a wide range of subjects, some that I have knowledge of and others which are completely new to me. I don't always agree with their opinion, good man, but right. it's always entertaining to listen to. Amusingly, today was the first time I've seen their pictures. Meds looks nothing like how he sounds. But Kelly's exactly how he sounds. Smiley face. If you have an interest in cult British TV and films, then give them a listen. They must have waffled on about one of your favourite shows or films at some point. Bravo, bravo. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. We do like people to disagree with us. Uh, next one is by Af- oh, Ian Todd. Oh. From the Bondas podcast and Ian Tov's Trues. We've been on Ian's show a couple of times. Uh, fun, geeky podcast. I just found this podcast when I was looking for an Only Fools and Horses podcast. I then went on and listened to their archive. Great fun and in-depth chats about the film and TV from passionate and interesting blokes. Check it out. I hope it doesn't mean we're passionate, passionate blokes. Out, not passionate with each other. It's not that kind of thing. No, not that kind of thing, I guess. And uh, that's it. That's it for this year. Those, those are our yearly ones. So thank you so much for uh, leaving us some iTunes reviews. I did look on uh, around the world, which of course you can do on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've got some uh, great reviews in America. I'm going to write those down. I didn't get a chance you to do like that. Around the world, <laughs> Simon, looking for iTunes reviews. It's not really the same as around the world, Willie Fogg. Not really, no, but thanks for that. That's what it's coming to me, I just realised I might, I might be sounding with this cold slightly sarcastic as I read things out. I, do I was going to say, you are sounding, you, you know, really inappropriately sarcastic. I probably do. I probably do. I do apologise for that. I don't mean to be. It's, just, it's a Thursday evening. We've finished work for this week and I've got a cold. But we are talking about the odd couple. And Kel, what do we do before we talk about it? Play one of the best theme tunes ever. Trademark.
Theme music there, Cal. Uh, now, let me read you this bit of information that we have conveniently in front of us on a script. Uh, the award-winning... The award-winning... Jazz instrumental theme was composed by Neil Hefty. Presumably, I've said that name right. The theme was used throughout the movie's sequel, starring Emma Matto, released 30 years later, and also adapted for the 1970s TV series and used over the opening credits. The song also has a seldom-heard lyrics written what? by Sammy Khan. Had lyrics? Had lyrics. When was it? The odd go. I was going to say, now we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? It must have been, wasn't it? Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> um, now, if I can find that, I'll put it at the end of the. Don't don't bank on it. Um, but because I'm, oh, I'm a massive, you know, man. I've never heard. I've never knew there was no. Like, maybe like when Wixie had a anyone can. <laughs> oh, oh dear me, for his standard. That was one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> I think that's number one, didn't it? No, no wonder he give up acting. Really. Yeah. <laughs> he give up acting. Mm. He came out of retirement when he did that bit when Pat Butcher died. Out. I know, yeah. And I don't even watch these things. <laughs> I know, yeah. Pile of crap. Um, yeah, so, okay, so let's talk about it. Now, uh, The Odd Couple is a 1968 comedy film written by Neil Simon. Uh, a little bit of information about Neil Simon here. No relation, of course, to Paul Simon. Um, which, uh, that's not a joke. I was just, oh, yes, thought, I just asked about that. Even though, I wasn't going to give you a, a bit of a break. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, born, uh, born 4th of July. Apparently that's a bit important date in America. Uh, 1927. Uh, playwright and screenwriter. He's written numerous Broadway plays, including Brighton Beach Memoirs, Biloxi Blue, which I love that it's, film. Uh, it's, it's, got, uh, it's a really good film. It's and Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he won the 91 Pulitzer Prize for drama for his play Lost in Yonkers. He has written the screenplays for several of his plays that were made into movies. He's also written the books for several musicals, including Sweet Charity. Uh, Neil Simon, obviously one of the most uh, important playwrights of our modern day age. Yeah, um, yeah I, you know, I don't, I don't like everything he's done. It's all very, it's very stagey, isn't it? It's very fast. Because it's on a stage. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think some of the times his films can feel like, oh, it's like, uh, it's basically a play. Yeah. But, uh, apart from, you know... Like, like, do you, I, mean, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about the film in a minute, but I mean, our main subject here, the old couple of the film, you could tell it's a play. Of course you can. Because it's set virtually all the time in, in the in the flat, in a, you know, in Figgis' flat. Well, even, even the out bit, even the outdoor bits, mm. it's uh, just walking, walking down a road, it yeah. could be on a stage, it yeah. doesn't, it's not important that it's outside, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think it's the less... The less, the least stagey one that all that he's done, done yeah. that sort of worked hundred percent. Mm. And I think you could show that to someone; they'd probably never know it was a play. It would have been a play. But I think a lot of his other ones, like Lost in Yonkers, there's you know there's a film made with Steve Martin of that and yeah. Goldie Horn, and you can just tell it's a play. And you're thinking, yeah, you're trying to make it. What What would you say is the most modern day version of a film that you you could sit down and say? I reckon you could put that easily on stage. Well, it, it's thingy, isn't it? Uh, I'd say it's the King's Speech. Because the King's Speech was a play first. That was a play anyway. So I mean, no, I mean, and, and I mean, no, I mean a film oh, that you could transfer. Oh, that you could... St- oh, see easily, me. without making it stupid and without cutting stuff. I so, have one. Uh, what Dramat- is that? Dramatic pools. I don't know. What would you say? Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, because actually they did workshop that, didn't they? Live mm-hmm. at uh, Sundance, didn't yep. they? Yeah, and virtually all of it is in the warehouse. And the bits that are in the warehouse are generally just sitting around the table. Yeah. Now, that's that's actually a really good one, yeah. that is. Yeah. Uh, the, the play I loved to have saw, I loved to have saw um, Frost vs. Nixon. 
the plan. Oh out. yeah, I love to have saw yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm sh- it's not gonna they're not gonna do it anymore because after the film, nah, no, it's a shame. But, but you know, I mean, what what they're, they're doing now, and um, I know um, Sue and Casey mentioned this on the Anomaly Supplemental podcast that um, it's becoming more popular now to actually film the play. Just using static camera, like the way Frankenstein's. Yeah, like Frankenstein did. Yeah, yeah, these are I wonder if they, are they doing both this? Are they doing? You know, everyone's going to. Hey, John Lee Miller's dreading that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's got Who's got the biggest slime? <laughs> yeah, 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 is yeah. it John Lee Miller or is it Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, it could have been Benedict Cumberbatch. Anyway, besides that, no, no, um, don't get involved. But no, I wonder if that's a two disc version. Then. <laughs> Shut up! Right, but <laughs> is that is that you, Miserable? That was no, a no. I honestly think because because some people might have preferred. It's, it's so big, you have to have the second disc of it. It's going, it's going. It's, it's in IMAX. Three D. It's a good job, Watchmen. Man, it's really. No, I mean, no. I wonder if it's like because some people like would have preferred seeing John Lee Miller say as Frankenstein and Benedict Cumberbatch as the monster, or vice versa. I don't know, what would you prefer to see? I think I'd love to see Benedict Cumberbatch as you a know, monster. I, I would, think it's too yeah, obvious to see him as Frankenstein. Yeah, I would like to. I think he would have made a good monster, really. Yeah. Well, what, 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 I said, why not with plays? He's been doing music and everything for years. Why mm. not with plays? Yeah. Yeah, the old couple, 1968 film by Neil Simon. Uh, directed by Gene Sachs and starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matto. It is the story of two divorced men, Felix Unger, uh, the neurotic neat freak, and Oscar Madison, the fun-loving slob, who decide to live together. Even though their personalities clash, the film is highly successful, with critics and audiences grossing over 44.5 million, making it the fourth highest-grossing picture of 1968. So before we talk about the film, <coughs> excuse me, let's talk about... Uh, Jack Lemon as Felix Unger. A little bit. We'll just give a little bio about uh, these people. Okay, so Jack Lemon, John Uller, as that is his middle name. Jack Lemon the third, born February the eighth, nineteen twenty five, died June the twenty seventh, two thousand one. American actor and musician. He starred in more than sixty films, including Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, oh, Mister. Yeah, the apartment. It, it, it's just it's, it's straight away you're thinking, you know. Are, are, you, are you a fan of Some Like It Hot? It's not the my, it's not my biggest. I'm not. It, it's not hilarious, and it's a bit. I'll tell you what it's a quite obvious now. Mm. But it's Jack Lemon, Marilyn Monroe, and Tony, Tony Curtis. Yeah. you've got to like it. And I, I, it's like I mean, me and the wife were talking about this last night. There's some mm. films, even though they're not that great. If they've got great actors in them, you can get you can bear them. No, but you're right about it. Like, well, you, well, you, you're the same as Some Like It Hot. Yeah, no, I think I, it's. I think it's it's one of them films where it's a classic and there's no getting away from it. But also, when you look deeply into it, it's a quite a flawed film, oh, mainly because of Marilyn Monroe. Uh, no, she's well, she's beautiful, but yeah. that, that's it. Yeah. But no, but like but you going, said, going, going back to he's her. a he's a, like, like I said, same with me with bloody Lawrence uh, Arabia. I don't like it. It's not yeah. like it, but there's no doubt it's a good film. Yeah, exactly. Um, other films, of course, The Apartment. No, it's a bloody classic. It's done <laughs> Billy Wilder, man. Billy Wilder done the best bloody Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes film. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roberts, uh, for which he won the 1955 Best Supporting Academy Actor Award. Days of Wine and Roses, The Great Race. Uh, Irma Deluge, uh, The Icon, of course. Uh, Save the Tiger, he won the 1973 Best Actor Academy Award in that. The Out of Towners, The China Syndrome, Missing. He there won Best Actor at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Glenn Larry, Glenn Ross, Grumpy Old Man, of course, Grumpy Old oh, Man. I mean, that's just a, a few samples of the oh, 60s. Oh, amazing right? actor. Oh, yeah, brilliant. A proper actor where, I'll tell you what I see as a, as a proper actor, right? Say to me, what is his definitive, definitive role? Okay. You can't, can you? No. 
Right, we talked about this when I was in my films because she said that's the question to us. Name Jack Lemmon's definite. Well, he's done that. Oh, that's nothing like that. I suppose, I, suppose, oh, like that I suppose you would automatically say the odd couple, but that's only because that's the one he's most well yeah. known. He, yeah, he's most famous, but he's the one he won that was the apartment. Mm. But he, he could do. He could play dark as when well. He, he could act. Yeah. It's what enough. We, you know, I think the city, you know, even though I'm not a massive fan of the 60s, really. Mm. A lot of the things why the 60s were good because it was about acting. Mm. It changed in the 70s and the 80s. It become about movie stars. Yeah. We love Jason Statham. Well, but for my God, Jason Statham can do one thing. And that's what he, he, doesn't, he do. doesn't. He doesn't pretend not no. to. No. He doesn't. There's no, it's like what Mark Kermode was saying about the safe. You know, mm. Mark, <clears throat> Jason Statham makes films that he knows what his audience is like. Nothing wrong with that. But, right. You know, Hong Kong films, that's what they were all about. Yeah. You know, you, you ain't going to get Shakespeare from Jet Li. Or um, the one who was in what's it called our board who'd no longer act. Chow Yun Fat. Oh yeah, Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know what you're going to get at the end of the day. Um, but there again, I mean, that's the reason why. I know we do keep floating back to this, and we are going to do it. Is the reason why I have an issue with Apocalypse Now, Marlon Brando, because he didn't, he wasn't about the film at, oh, the, no. at, the, at the end. I'm not 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 the rest of the film because of, you know yeah. the, the film oh, has no. a story, but at the end of the film. It suddenly like it's I said, not we'll do about this it. when we do this. I'll tell you some yeah, very interesting yeah. stuff about this. When when we do it, like we are going to do it, we might do it. I'll tell you what we should do. You know what? I'll tell on you my what. birthday, for oh, my so birthday, that's going to be the Christmas December one. For oh. my birthday, right? It's in stone now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So December the seventeenth. December seventeenth. Around about that time. But I will tell you what, we'll do it. It's going to be in two parts. We'll release it. I'll release the first part in the first yeah. in the first week of December, and then two weeks later, the second. Because I guarantee you, that's going to be a one ever long podcast. Oh yeah, because I've got loads to talk about you. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, Walter Matto as Oscar Madison. Walter Matto, who has the best face in film, mm-hmm. uh, born October the first, nineteen twenty, passed away July the first, two thousand. Near enough a year of each other. I know it's really weird. Which is weird, quite weird, really, isn't it? But <clears throat> well, no, of course he was uh, best known for his role, of course, in this film. Uh, but he also did frequent collaborations with uh, Levin, uh, as well as uh, Coach Buttermaker in the 1976 film The Bad News Bears. He oh, another well, Bad News Bears. About the yeah. uh, American, fo- uh, is he American football, baseball. I don't I American think football. He's uh, he won an American Academy Award for his performance in the 66 Billy Wider film The Fortune Cookie. Um, other people in this film, <coughs> excuse me, uh, are uh, John Friedler as Vinnie, Herb Eldersman as Murray, David Shiner. As Roy, Larry Hines as Speed, Monica Evans as Cecilia Pigeon, and Carol Shelley as Gwendolyn Pigeon. Uh, Billy Bird as Chambermaid, Isis Angel as the Waitress, Angeline Pettyjohn as go- the Go Go Dancer, uh, Ted Benedict as the Bartender, and Billy Baldwin as the Sports like Dancer. It does not matter about any, and that, you know, it really doesn't matter about them. It could be anyone because it's two such amazing actors on top of their game. Yeah. That it overshadows everyone else, and I think that's why there's no other stars in it. Because no. who can you put in a film with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau? Well, you, yeah, you, you they can't, are, can't they you? Are the kid, and especially the then because they were the two, you know, two big, you know, massive actors. Mm. My nan met Jack Lemmon. Really? It, she was in London at a hotel. She always used to tell me about this story because she was the one who showed me this film when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And she said he bumped into him uh, on, uh, on a lift and he was really, really... Put- and he, like, he didn't have a conversation with him. Yeah. But she bumped into him and turned around and he said, I'm awfully sorry, and walked off. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. But he said it in, he said, she said, he said it, he said it in an English accent. I'm awfully sorry, and walked off. Oh, I wonder if he was doing... He's obviously, he was doing something, yeah. wasn't he? Obviously, 
It must have been filming. He was keeping in character. That. But yeah, so there you go. Oh, that's cool. I got a little bit of uh, information about the production of this, and then we'll get into. Um, uh, obviously, we're not going to go into detail about the film. Just what we we watched because I watched it literally. Um, well, this is not the first one I watched. I watched it many times, mm. but I watched it the other day. And you forgot and, how? Uh, I forgot how good it was. Um, okay, the Oscar was originally produced for Broadway, and the original cast starred Art Carney as Felix and Walter Matto as Oscar. For the film version, Matto reprised his role as Oscar, but Felix was played by Jack Lemmon, who had not portrayed the character before, which is amazing when you think about it. At one point, Frank Sinatra was uh, going to be cast as Felix and Jackie Gleason as Oscar. Uh, they were going to do the movie version, but this fell through. Most of the script from the play is the same, although the setting is expanded. Expanded, so Instead of taking place entirely in Oscar's apartment, Simon also wrote some scenes that take place in various outdoor uh, New York locations, most notably, of course, at Shea Stadium in Queens, New York. So, let's talk about the actual film. <clears throat> it opens up, really, doesn't it, with, with Jack Lemon um, looking pretty down. Yeah, it's a great setup, isn't it? Straight mm. away, you know, it, that, it, like, there's a thing, right, in film, talk about the Scent in film, right, where they say you can look at one shot and explain what the film's going to be about. Mm. The first five minutes of that film, them characters are so well sketched, mm. You know what this film's going to be like. You know right. you're going to like it because yeah. you think, yeah, because you know. I'm not going to. You know, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Carry on. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Oh, okay. I was going to talk about the end of the film. Next, <laughs> that is jumping ahead. Yeah, he's jumping ahead. Yeah, of that's the film, the uh, and basically, he's he's looking pretty down, and he's going on to kill himself. Which is quite a dark thing when you think about very it. Very dark. Yeah, very dark. And he fails miserably. Uh, one, he goes to jump. He goes to hang himself and does his back in the. St- <laughs> And that to me, that means it's I couldn't sketch. help but burst out it's laughing. It's farce, isn't it? You know. In the meantime, Walter Matos uh, and his team, his mates, they're all waiting for him to come to the, the poker game they have every week. And he's not turning up. They're all wondering what's going on and all that. And then they find out that does he turn up? Do they try and phone him? No, he turns up. Doesn't does he, he get? A phone? Oh, he, in between that though, um, Felix gets a phone call from his wife, yeah. and then you find out that he's actually split up from his wife, and it doesn't sound it's going to well. He hasn't sent him any alimony checks. He's a bit gruff on the phone. He's a slob. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's a bit, the most sweatiest t-shirt <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, 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 I've yeah. ever seen. And he, I mean, he makes that um, line about the sandwich. But now I'm going to try and put some clips out throughout this. So there's if, some killer lines. Yeah. If we suddenly stop and a clip comes, I do apologise. I haven't caught them yet. So if they do come, in, but he's lined about the the bread. Where do you want green? The green sandwich or the brown sandwich? Because well, what's what's the green? He goes, it could be cheese or it's gone, gone off meat. And he goes, I'll have the green because you're not going to eat that. And he goes, I need the protein. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I'm in for a quarter. Okay. Aren't you going to look at your cards first? What for? I'm going to bluff anyway. Who gets a Pepsi? I get a Pepsi. My friend Murray, the policeman, gets a warm Pepsi. You still didn't fix the refrigerator. It's been two weeks now. No wonder it stinks in here. Temper, temper. If I wanted nagging, I'd go back with my wife. I'm out. Who wants food? What do you got? I got uh, brown sandwiches and uh, green sandwiches. Which one do you want? What's the green? It's either very new cheese or very old meat. I'll take the brown. Are you crazy? You're not going to eat that, are you? I'm hungry. This refrigerator's been out of order for two weeks now. I saw milk standing in there that wasn't even in a bottle. Felix does come back into Oscar's apartment and he's looking pretty sad. They they figure out there that, yeah, he's... When well, he starts, his, he carries on straight away, clean up after clean him, doesn't up, he? Yeah, yeah. But they know they because they all know, don't they, what's going on, and they're, they're a bit worried. They, they, they don't want to upset him. Yeah, they don't, they don't want to upset him. So they say, you know, yeah. like I said, everyone's got a friend like it. Yeah. The one you, you know, you don't want to, you, you know, you just 
we've got our mate Chris isn't it yeah you have to be very wary about what you say to him and that's yeah. what that sees if, like if, if he's in one if he's in yeah. a bit of a strange mood then you know for you've got to be a little <laughs> bit careful what you say before you get to it goes and goes off on one a little bit uh, hi Chris if you listen um, but they all find out that he's he's split from his wife and they all pretend that they don't know and then they figure out that he's actually suicidal and they, and they go on a run virtually around his apartment and he locks himself in Oscar's bedroom well, it's a, again, it's a classic far scene, so I have a chase in yeah, a house. But well, what makes me laugh? Because we're, we're 11 floors up, and he goes, no, no, we've got 12, because now it's 11. <laughs> that makes me laugh, because like, a little bit later on the argument, well, Matt goes, it is 12. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. he's going to kill himself. Um, but they, they, they break into the room, and he's there hiding behind the door going, my back hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And they lie him down. And it transpires then that Oscar invites Felix to live with him in the apartment. They become flatmates now. Everyone, we were talking about this today, weren't we? Where it's the ultimate thing to have, an ultimate winning formula to have an odd couple in a TV series. Well, like, I, like we were talking earlier, you, you think that, it, it, like the MacGuffin in it, you know, the MacGuffin, there's a big mm. thing of the film, isn't it? What it's all about. That has been used a million times since. Uh, you know, and like I said, as we're going to talk about later, about men behaving badly, yeah. men behaving was pushed to the extreme of that, mm. wasn't it? You should where, say why, why you mentioned that then. Well, we, uh, we, uh, I think uh, next podcast we're yeah, going to be doing men behaving badly, which was like, really important in our growing up because, you know, we so love Gary. In it, really, <laughs> we just love Gary, right? But, you know, I, I don't know if you know, they know that in America or around Europe, but it's the classic two people. Now, I thought our mate Steve was going to do a lot. No, they weren't like each other. No. Gary and Fingy weren't like no, each other. Gary was in charge. Gary, Gary was, in charge. was quite grown up, really, mm. wasn't he? It's like the one where he finally had all the money. Yeah. Gary was responsible, really. Gary wanted to be like Tony. Tony and Tony wanted to be like Gary yeah. because Tony grew up at the end and become a postman. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the classic thing of having two. Well, it's like I said earlier. Everyone know. Oh, what a pair! What an odd couple. Mm. It's gone into language yeah. now. Before I don't know any odd couple thing before that. People, I know you could say, like, there's a bit of a couple in Laurenardo. I suppose so, but they are both but, slapsticky. But they're both, they, they, they both do the yeah. jokes in that, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that this is the ultimate. No, I know there was the one that you've got, I suppose, no, mainly in Britain, you've got, like, Hancock's Half Hour. You had him and Sid James, didn't you? But, they were, but they, again, they were both. But, but, but the difference is, though, is that that was focused on Hancock, on Hancock. Not, not on both of them. Yeah, the and that's the thing with this. They are both central characters. Mm. Yeah, and uh, there, there was a thing as well. Like, me and you live with each other. That it was all, also very similar to that, wasn't it? Well, it was because I think <laughs> it's great couples, men or women, mm. work together when they're like that. Yeah, when yeah, they yeah. are very, you can't, very. You can't have two people the same. No, no, you, you can't. You just get on each other's nerves, don't you? Well, I suppose it's the same as when you get married. Really, you can't. You don't want to marry someone who's just like you. No. That'd be horrible. Be like that couple. Remember that couple that was on. Um, the restaurant with um, yeah. Alain, uh, Raymond Blanc. Yeah, we all remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Too, yeah. And that, that couple, and they were just like, they were like, exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, like carbon copies of each other. They were vile people, weren't they? Yeah. Actually, lovely people, but to, hello, lovely yeah, flowers. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh, God. But about, yeah, come on. So anyway, they end up living with each other, and slowly, throughout the film, Felix, oh, sorry, Oscar takes it on himself to get Felix out of his... Depression, yeah, that thing's and, and bring it out to him by taking him out and showing him being world. More, but being really being more like him. But as it transpires, what well, they do, they go to they go to like that. What you were saying earlier on when they go for that walk, they go for there's a brilliant, there's just a lovely scene. I, you know, I'm gonna say most people surely have saw this film, and if you haven't, you need to go out and watch this film. Yeah, if this yeah. does, 
you know, it's worth, this doesn't even this podcast it's years ago and watch it. And don't think, oh, it's 1968, I ain't going to like it. I know it's not a cringe com. It's not really, it's not bloody too. It's not <laughs> like that. It's just a very old-fashioned comedy. But you need to watch it because there's a lovely scene where he takes Felix out for an ice cream hmm. and he takes him to a go-go bar, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's about showing him that there's a world out there. Yeah. Well, he, he, the funny thing with that is because he went to a, 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 a dancing bar at the beginning when he was really depressed, didn't yeah. he? And, and he, he looked up and he ended up banging his nose or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did that. He's worried about fucking stains on the bar, isn't he? Yeah. He's, so and that's the thing that there's a world you know that's what that is to him mm. there's a world out there Felix yeah. it doesn't have to be amazing but there's little wonders just down the road and, yeah, going for an ice cream with your friends yeah. he's, he's, simple he's as simple, nice. simple things. things and that bit where they go out as well and they're on the walk and he turns around and says uh, look we're going to have to get back because it could be around about mugging time yeah, yeah. but there's uh, they, they, you know, they, they end up starting to do this but also what's nice about the film is that you slowly start to see because Oscar's not he's not 100% perfect, <clears throat> 100% perfect by any means because he's his apartment's a mess well, he's his life's a mess he's got no food in he's a split from his wife yeah. he doesn't get to see his kids yeah he's got his kids um, right. he's not sending checks off he, he he misses the one part of the game that is it, the, 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 oh, the, the yeah. record thing. yeah because yeah, yeah. Felix phones up to say we'll have him meat is it meatloaf <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're doing meatloaf tonight and he gets mad about it but slowly he starts to change as well and there's the scene where they go to the restaurant they go for that bite to eat don't they and they're sitting there and he goes I can't see it because he's constantly on about the air conditioning where he gives his sinuses play up now I know we've got this clip so we're going to put this in there but I was barely laughing yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll just we'll throw this in there this is clip what's the matter now no, I got this. My ears are filling up. I got this sinus condition. It's the change in temperature. I always get it from air conditioning. Maybe it'll go away. No, it's all part of my allergies. I get them in the summer. Only in the summer? And in the winter, too. I get them all year long. Allergic to foods. And pillows and curtains and perfumes. Can you imagine that? Allergic to perfumes? I used to drive Frances crazy. For a while, she couldn't wear anything except my aftershave lotion. I was impossible to live with. Stop that, will you? What are you doing? I'm trying to clear up my ears. You create a pressure inside your head, it opens up the eustachian tube. Did it open up? I think I strained my throat. No, I love that because it's the the, the clearing of the nasal thing. It might be a right. <laughs> we raised it at that, didn't we? Yeah, and not know that it's the most awful sound in the world. <laughs> his, his nose creates the most amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I'll tell you what, I hope you don't do that when he gets married. Say he's raised, he blows his snot. It, it ain't good. But they end up, of course, slowly. He keeps changing stuff. He keeps changing, you know, he's tidying up his flat up constantly, constantly, constantly. The poker games, none of the guys want to play poker because it's just it's too organized. Do you right? think, right? Here's an interesting thing. I was lying in bed last night thinking about this film, hmm. right? Do you think Ned Flanders is yeah, Felix Unger? It is a bit, yeah. I, I'd love and to... And Homer Simpson could be, it could be very much... I'd, I'd love to know, especially because 
They did, a, they did an odd couple episode yeah. with him in Flanders yeah. when they went off to Las Vegas. And they got married, didn't and they? they got married. So I always thought, oh, I'm sure he's fitting. Ooh, I wonder if those two girls they got married to were the same. The na- It'd be very really interesting. It's just, I was thinking about it last night and I forgot. It's just come back to me to talk about it. And I was thinking, you know, I best, think that's best why. Best to come back to you if you're doing the show. Right. <laughs> but I always think, he's just like Felix, isn't he? Mm. The way he's constantly clearing up. And Homer doesn't like him, but he likes him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He likes he yeah. likes him. He doesn't want to like Flanders. No, no, but he likes him, him because he's not a bad person. Nah. And that's the thing with Oscar. He can't hate Felix. He annoys him. Mm. I turn around and you're talking, and that's good. <laughs> and he's still constantly talking. He's like, still oh, talking, oh, yeah. still shut the door. <laughs> Open the door. Are you there talking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there's, there's a scene where Felix. Uh, so Oscar turns around and says, "Look, you know, we've got to get out there. We've got to find new women." And I got the, I found these great two girls. I live above us, I think it's above us or below us, in it in the park below. Mm. And I set up the date, and it is painful because he doesn't want to do, it, does he? Mm. It's because I can't. I'm still loving my wife, and he goes, "I don't, you know, I can't move on yet." And they bring him out, and all he goes on about is making that meatloaf, yeah. and he ruins a meatloaf. And he, and what the scene that made me laugh. He's when he goes, you turn because I'm so like that. It's terrible. Where if if you are arranging something, eight o'clock be on time. Yeah, yeah. And he's not on time, but he's only half an hour late, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, like, a, he's so annoyed, isn't he? He's, he's like, he really is. He's lividly annoyed, <laughs> and that's what's funny about it. The fact that he's so annoyed, and because like uh, Oscar's going, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's half an hour. You know? Well, that's it. He, 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 you know, that's the thing where you get from this film. I don't know if we just talked about it briefly, but you know. He needs to take something from his life mm. where life's not that serious. If you're half an hour late, it doesn't matter. No. Where, but Oscar needs to learn that sometimes, if you're going to be on time, you should be, on, should time. be on time. And yeah. that's the thing together, isn't it? And that's why they... And that's very much like me and you with our friends. And we mean mm. always be on time. Yeah. And it's a constantly... You just know, especially Kev, his own <laughs> birthday. <laughs> his own birthday, one and a half. Like, <laughs> half nine. <laughs> Amazing. Happy but, birthday, Kev. Yeah. But that, 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 you know, I just think that as, the, as, as the, yeah, again, as the more you talk about it, you realise the more how perfect this comedy is. Mm. And it's the template for all modern comedy. Yeah. I know it's not offensive and it's a PG, and it is, you know. But that's what's nice about it. Comedy, comedy doesn't have doesn't to have to. Play, I love, you know? me and you like a bit sweary, offensive. Oh, I do. But sometimes it's nice to be a comedy that's funny on the lines. And that's Neil Simon. Mm. He's funny with his words. Well, that's what I say. I think it's a comedy that is open for anybody. Well, you can watch this with a kid or an old yeah. Well, I, I put it on. Natalie hadn't, and my wife hadn't seen this before. And um, I, she didn't know if she had seen it or not seen it. And of course, you know, the trouble is, is that Jack Lemon and Walter Matto have been in so many things that you recognise yeah, yeah. right away. Especially like grumpy old men, because that's always on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's always on there. And she really laughed, and I was laughing. And she goes, What are you laughing at? I said, I'm laughing. She thought, because I was actually looking at on my phone at the same time as I was watching it. And I was laughing because I, she thought I was looking at something. I said, No, no, it's just that line. And it was, it was something that they said. And it was because it's great, it's got some great one liners yeah. on there. And it was all coming from Walter Matto, I think, really. Oh, right. no, when he, when he, <coughs> he was naturally the comedy actor, wasn't he? And he loved Walter, it, yeah. I love Walter Matto, you know, he's in one of my favourite, uh, uh, you know, as. Um, What's the one with the train? Uh, attack, uh, I think he'd pen on one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. He's wicked. He's absolutely amazing in that. But I, I, after I saw the odd couple, I could never take him serious, Walter Matto. But that's a bit like Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, you know, he's a proper actor, but you think of Walter Matto is an amazing comedy actor. Mm. What if he's in Dennis the Menace, wasn't he? he played, yeah, he played Wilson. Wilson. I know he's the American one, but yeah. I, yeah. But Jack Lemon, you never thought of him as a comedy actor, but he was brilliant at it. Oh. God, yeah, how he's timing out everything was his play. I mean, they really do, they really do nail the parts really well. Um, so they end up having a, a, a massive argument, 
and, and we've got a bit of this way because you know I'm going to tell you something and you think that the argument they're just going to lay into each other but what actually happens is and if I play the clip it's, it's coming now Oscar you're asking to hear something I don't want to say but if I do say it I think you ought to hear it you got anything on your chest besides your chin you better get it off alright then you asked for it you're a wonderful guy Oscar You've done everything for me. If it weren't for you, I don't know what would have happened to me. You took me in here, you gave me a place to live, you gave me something to live for. I'm never going to forget you for that, Oscar. You're tops with me. If I've just been told off, I think I may have missed it. It's coming. You are also one of the biggest slobs in the world. I see. Totally unreliable, Is that it? undependable, Finish? and irresponsible. Keep going, I think you're. No, 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 keep going. That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. Good. Because now. I'm going to tell you off. For six months, I've lived alone in this apartment. All alone in eight big rooms. I was dejected, despondent, and disgusted. And then you moved in. My closest and dearest friend. And after three weeks of close personal contact, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Do me a favor, will you, Felix? Move into the kitchen. Live with your pots, your pans, your ladles, your meat thermometers. When you want to come out, just ring a bell, and I'll run into the bedroom. I'm asking you nicely, Felix, as a friend. Stay out of my way. Walk in the paper, will you? I'll wash the floor in there. Hey, stay away from me, Oscar. Hey, Oscar, Oscar, stay away from me, Oscar! Oscar, why not? This is the day I'm gonna kill you! Oscar! I'm gonna kill you! No, Oscar! But what they, what they actually do is they, they turn around and they say, you know, the, you know what the trouble with you is? The trouble with you is you're too nice. The trouble with you is you've looked after me. And, and you think, I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, I've forgotten I about that. And, and that's when, when, when Oscar to goes, you've got to go, you're going to have to leave this place. And he throws him out, yeah. and all of his mates are upset with him, so I can't believe you've done it. And he's going, well, like, what? Well, because I start liking him when he starts looking after yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah, giving him a proper sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a homage to that in the Garfield, the first Garfield film, um, with um, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Murray does the voice for it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, he, and Garfield gets rid of the dog, Odo. Is it Odo? Or Odo or something like that. Mm. And all the, the other cats there are really disgusted in him. Because of, well, why? Because he was quite nice, mm. and that's what happens to that. And the two girls, of course, they end up saying, well, you know, they end up searching for him, don't they? Well, that, that's it. Go and do uh, something. Oscar thinks he's uh, rubbish with women, mm. but he's actually good with women, yeah. isn't he? Where Oscar's crap with women? Yeah, Felix. He, Felix is Fe- yeah, Felix is good with women, yeah. and he actually calls them, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. They all love him, yeah. and, and that annoys Oscar even more because yeah. Oscar thinks he's this man about town mm. but he's got nothing in it and that's the thing they've both got nothing in their life apart from the wives yeah and then at the end of course it turns out that the, the, the thing they've got is of course each other each other and, and, and his friendship yeah, yeah friendship. again I know these days it'd be called it's a bromance film I you know, these, I know these things have been happening for a long time what two men can like each other yeah why do you have to why do you have to label it with something why like is it a romance it's just two blokes who you don't no. make any sense. Could you but, imagine? We, we, we live with each other well, uh, seven, eight years or now. Could you imagine if someone turned around and went, oh, have you got a bromance? Go punch them. What the hell you about? It's just best mates living with each other. But that's when what I think of bromance, I think of right back, man. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going on. <laughs> but, the, I mean, the end lines that I think it's great is that the way that he comes back in and 
one of their mates answers the phone and he goes oh it's your wife on the phone and Felix turns around and he goes tell her that I, I can't speak to her at the moment I've got other stuff on but I'll give her a bell in about a week's time and you see that he suddenly changed and he goes no actually it's for you Oscar and Oscar texts him he goes hi honey did you get my uh, did you get my alimony checks Guys, it's all gone through. Look, hey, I'm going to pop up next week. Uh, see the kids, and you suddenly yeah. realise that. And it's, it's in that. It's all it is is that scene. It's a scene with that phone call where you realise it dawns on you, the viewer. And this is how so well wrote and acted. That you suddenly think that they have cha- both of them have changed for the best, and they end. Yeah. We were both saying, "I'll see you later. I'll be back next week." Yeah, and you think, "Bang on!" No, it, it, it's right because, like I said, it's a you know. You don't need fancy camera angles. You don't need fancy effects. You know, the, the action should come from the, the dialogue. Mm. And change in a film is really important. You want to see a character arc. Yeah. And this has got two arcs going together and they cross at the end of the film. And you think, yeah, they're there for each other. Mm. You know, and that's what it is. Friend, you know, friends doesn't all have to be positive. Mm. If you know that, oh, oh, you're so great. You say sometimes friends can be friends if they argue all the while. Well, that, Me that, and you used to argue all the while. Still do. Yeah, <laughs> argue all the while. But that's a bit what we said about the podcast when we wanted to change it, wasn't it? Mm. It's sometimes you can be negative with your friends, and if you can't be, if you're not your friends, you're, you're you scared yeah. of being negative. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If you if you can't if you can't be negative to your mate, then ain't your mate. Then you know, if you're scared of what you're going to say to them because they might upset me, and you've had some. Right, fucking ding dongs. Come to blows and everything, but you know, an hour later, it's forgotten about because you've asked us, your mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what this has got. They are proper. They, they come across as friends in it. Mm. Even though, what a matter, they might have just walked off set and never saw each other ever again. Yeah. But in that film, you think they are best friends. You think he's Oscar, yeah. and you think. It- and I think this was just, just their second film together. I and think. I, I think. And, and of course, really, this is one that cemented their. <clears throat> I suppose you can call it a partnership, it's a partnership. And they went on to do other other films altogether. Now there is a sequel to yeah, this. Yeah. Um, <coughs> it's never going to be as good. It's, but it's, it's okay. Still, it's still it's nice okay. Film, it's it? just that it's not. I think the period of it as well works for the odd couple because of that sixties. It was all about free. You know, the, the, the world was changing. Mm. Freedom. New York was changing. Yeah. And I think it, it was about because it's all about change, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, war was coming on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Vietnam War was still raging. You know, things were all changing, and they were changing for the better, weren't they? Yeah. And I usually don't like positive films. Really, I'm quite a lot negative films, but it's, that is such a positive ending. Yeah, as I'm, 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 I'm no, I really like you do like positive films, like films yeah. yeah. Uh, would you like some facts or some well, you're, you're going to write this today there's, there's only, well there's only one big fact that I think that you might like but oh. I don't know so just some uh, uh, standard style facts I think we'll get on with um, the film uh, was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy and Lemon and Matto were both nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor Motion Picture Musical or Comedy the scene at Shea Stadium which also featured Haywood Hale Boom sorry if I've said that wrong was filmed right before a real game that's why it just seems realistic, yeah. really realistic, uh, doesn't it? Between the New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates on June 27th, 1967, Roberto Clement was asked to hit into the treble play that Oscar misses, but refused to do it, and Bill Mazeroski took his place. Oh. Well, in your face, Roberto. Yeah. Um, one of the outdoor scenes in the film involved Felix at Bohack and Ma- a Maspeth, Queens-based supermarket chain, ubiquitous uh, in New York City area during the mid-20th century. The last Bohack supermarket closed in 1977. The film has garnered both critical acclaim and box office success. And as I said, it grossed over 44.5 million. Uh, awards and honours here. 
Um, Neil Simon was nominated for the Academy Award for writing, uh, writing adapted screenplay. Frank Bratch was nominated for the Academy Award for Film Editing and for the America Cinema Editor's Eddie Award for Best Edited Feature Film. The film was nominated for the Golden Globes, as we said, for musical or comedy. Uh, Gene Sachs was nominated for the Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in the Feature Film. So that's... Now, as we said, there was a sequel to this. And did you know, Cal, that there was a female version of this what? Yeah. In 1985, Neil Simon... Of course, somebody could have just wrote this on the, on the internet. Mm. In 1985, Neil Simon revised the Odd Couple, Odd Couple for a female uh, cast. He was titled The Female Odd Couple. Hmm, ironic. It was based on the same storyline and same lead characters now called Florence Unger and Olive Madison. The poker game became Trivial Pursuit with their friends, uh, all becoming girlfriends, uh, Mickey, Sylvie, Vera and Renee. The Pigeon Sisters became the Costas... Costa Zuela Brothers, Manalei, and Jesus. Uh, the female couple opened on Broadway at the Broadhurst Theatre on June 11th, 1985, and closed on February 23rd, 1986, after 295 performances and nine previews. Directed by Gene Sachs, the cast starred Sally Struthers and Lita Moreno as Florence and Olive, with Louis J. Stadlin and Tony Shalhoub uh, in his Broadway debut. Tony oh, Shalhoub, of course. Monk. Monk. Love Monk. In his Broadway debut as The Brothers, a London production of this ran at the Apollo Theatre in 2001 and starred Paula Wilcox and Jenny Seagrove. Anthony from the Scuttercast, huh? turned around and said on our Facebook page, it's like Red Dwarf, only not set in space. It's right there. It's the, he said it's the archetype, Paul. Finger, you know, I think most great comedies, you could look back, you could eat, you could even do it with Billy Only Falls and Horses, with Dallin Rodney, they're completely different. Yeah, yeah. They're completely and, and again, different. And again, you see, that's where we Yes, Fletcher and Finger, yeah, you know, I think it's the classic thing, you know. Home to Roost. What? Well, I never watched Home to Roost. I, was, I did always that one with Roost Dinsdale. Roost Dinsdale and John Thor. But I play father and son, so I suppose you can't really get much better than opposite. Well, that doesn't matter what the, what the relationship between the people is. It's just the thinking having two completely different people. Yeah. I know he's probably been around a long time, but to me, it's, it's such a perfect little film. Yeah, and I think if we don't find that if we don't find that theme tune with the vocals on it, I'll be putting the theme tune again at the end because <laughs> yeah. it is just too good. It's well, your favourite is, theme tune, isn't it? Oh no, I, I think it's the best theme ever made. Because straight away, especially now you watched it recently, when you hear that thing, you can think of them walking down the road at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, like I said, the TV series was okay. Okay, you'd have Tony Vandal and Jack Klugman. I love Jack Klugman, Jack Klugman's classic. Most well known for? Quincy. Are we going to do a Quincy episode? You know, I love Quincy. It's well, got you, some you, really. But you don't want to do a waffle on it, no, because that's some really. I like shall we? Shall we do? Shall, I'll tell you what then. Shall we do a production meeting, listener? Shall we put Quincy then into a episode that will be saying. Because we're going to do we're going to do classic British seventies programs, uh, which we're going to link together stuff like um, Terry and June, June. Yeah. Terry and June, um, Man about not Man about the Man about the house. Uh, what's the one we said? We're not doing more in your language. <laughs> no, it'll have to people that people be shocked. Be <laughs> <laughs> shocked. It might be we should. <laughs> and love thy neighbour races. Uh, what's the one we said, James? Uh, oh yeah, because I really like the film of it. <laughs> and probably on the buses because we're not going to be doing a whole program about that so we'll, yeah so we'll throw that into an episode called uh, classics from the 1970s so I think we should do a, a, an American one as well well, we can throw well you know what we should do we could do a brilliant American detectives one yeah because you know what I'm Co-Jack. just going to talk about Co-Jack. can you Lacey 
Cagney Lacey and we'll play the full theme tunes as well favorite, so it's worth listening just for the theme tunes Ironside one of my favourites the grumpiest get in the world ever fucking Ironside yeah what was the difference between Ironside and um, the other one that he did he was in a wheelchair yeah <laughs> was was he was in a wheelchair Perry Mason Perry Mason was Perry Mason in the wheelchair no, was he, he wasn't the same character. He was, he was called Ironside. So, no, I always thought that Raymond Burr was in a wheelchair. <laughs> no, 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 he's just lazy. He's lazy. He's just lazy. Yeah, lazy. I, I, he's the most grumpiest character ever in Ironside. A miserable git. I never saw him smile. There's even an episode where someone spoke to him about LSD and he's sitting in his thing joking. He still looked miserable. Best LSD moment on film. Is it no? Is it Bouncer in a? Is no, it Bouncer's a? It was Bouncer's no, episode. No, no, no. It was uh, where Jim and Fingy had the magic mushroom. Jim Robinson, and, and uh, that uh, one he was really cool in it. Terry Donovan play, he played. Uh, we loved him at the time. Didn't what was he called? Was. No, he was. No, he was. I can't remember what the episode was, but they were taking mushrooms and they Al, were camping. Were they at the wrong? I think Al found him. Didn't they off their face? Excellent. That's when Neighbours was good. Yeah, I'm going to search that. Like. Yeah, I'm going to put it in Anyway, so that's the end of. Uh, it is a very much a waffle on episode. Um, feel free to uh, feel free to slag us off on this one. Yeah, it's, uh, when you, you'll get used to it, listeners. Is when it's done on a Thursday. <laughs> we, we're a bit all over the place. It is, yeah, because we work Monday to Thursday and we do 37 hours and. Uh, yeah. We don't feel sorry for us, that's a lot. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. I say I've next... got one last thing to have I got mentioned. I've got mentioned Oh, God, I'm so sorry, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Kel has a bit of a request. Kel, over <laughs> to you. Right, basically, any of our fans in America. <laughs> listeners, don't say fans. Fat, what are these fans? Oh, listeners. Right. Well, the women listening didn't like it. <laughs> Surely not. Well, it, could be, it could be being used for torture in North Korea. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why we know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the, yeah, yeah. Like the way they blasted Noriega out of his big playing Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> both me and you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder, have we got any listeners then in the Portland, Michigan area? Is Portland near Michigan? It's I all Maine. It's Oregon near. Oregon. It's all around that same. I don't know. What King guys at Linsker. He lives in Oregon. I think, I, think. I think they call that the Midwest. I think. Anyway, uh, basically, I want something. I want some merchandise of a company called Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> I've become obsessed with buying merchandise from Voodoo Donut. This is watching Man vs. Food. Don't talk to Right? Them. I don't want a donut. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. But I want to find some way of getting a t-shirt over to me in England. Because I've looked on the website and it costs you, basically, it cost me about $70. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And I ain't paying that much for a t-shirt that might be too big for me anyway, cause, as we've been talking. Yeah. So, that's all it is, really. If someone can... Anyone You're willing, willing to pay, aren't you? I am willing to pay. I'm not willing for free. No. Uh, so if anyone, you know, I want someone to drive all the way from New York to go to uh, Portland because no. I'm not mate. But if anyone lives in the Portland area, because I know there's two in Portland of Voodoo Donuts, and that's all my. Okay, request. yeah. So if, uh, if if you get in touch with you, you can yeah, get in touch with us at uh, wafflonpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, basically, if you can get hold of it, buy it, and then send it to us as a hope. gift. We won't have to pay taxes, see? Yeah. And uh, Kel will pay you uh, via bank transfer or PayPal. And remember, I'm only a wee fella. It's only small, so... But I should say medium, maybe small? If you can, whatever. Well, we'll sort that out. Anyway, if you're willing to do, if you're willing to help out, please well, do I have no people in Portland. And, and if people. not, uh, then... We don't ask for them things, And there you go. Fair enough. We'll remember that. We'll be coming out. Because I don't know he tried a t-shirt, I mean, that thing was too big for him. 
Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, that's like a big thing. He ain't skinny, is he? He ain't skinny, he's greasy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if you got that one, though, that he's got. <laughs> yeah. oh. no. But anyway, sorry for begging, but there you go. Well, no, that's what we thought. So, anyway, if you can help us out, great. Now, we've got some blurb in a minute about our Facebook page, uh, which you haven't heard yet, which you will do, which is uh, done by a very talented uh, uh, vocal actress and writer and anomaly podcast host, Jen Rhodes. Thank you, Jen. Woo. And uh, so, that's it for this episode. We'll be back uh, on the next episode. Which could be a minicast, who knows. Uh, but the next big one is going to be about... Men behaving badly. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook... Then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle on Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle on Production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly, 2012. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in The Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Do you ever wish you could go back in time? Join me on Out of Range Podcast, and you almost can, when I rediscover childhood favourites from TV, movies, toys, comic books, and much more. The usually irregular but always entertaining geeky media show Out of Range can be found at dangelous.com slash out of range search for Out of Range in iTunes or the podcast app of your choice Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you in clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. 
You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. It's all. 